Well, good morning, everyone. You feel happy and bright this morning? Okay, we'll take you outside and you can start digging, all right? And we'll start our garden here. Okay, Um, I enjoy garden. How many of you have enjoyed gardening over the years? I really enjoy gardening. Probably one of uh, my favorite hobbies is gardening. And though I have a backyard that's probably not much wider than from here to there, because I live in a senior village. I live in a village with 10,000 people over 60. How's that? It's the largest senior village in the United States. And uh, it's like living in a resort year round. It has uh, two golf courses. It has 55,000 square feet of uh, swimming pools and gymnasiums, spas, you name it. Um, It has everything from pottery, kilns, uh, it has a theater, it has everything. So tennis courts, you name it, it has. Uh, But each of us has our own home and a lot of people there are older folks, obviously. They love gardening and I do too. And each year I try to uh, put in at least a good summer garden. Being California where I live, you can obviously get a garden starting about March. You start getting your lettuce and and spinach in then, and then by April you usually can get your tomatoes and cucumbers in. Um, I've also been able to have two peach trees and two citrus trees so far, and my peach trees have done very well, but my citrus trees have not done as well as I would like. I think they're on the side of the house and it's too much shade. I think citrus need a lot more sun than what they get. But anyway, I'm glad you enjoy garden. Now, uh, Northern California decided that we would um, set out to have gardens in as many churches as possible. And we've been doing this for about three to four years. We had one or two churches that had begun the process and they were doing very well. In fact, uh, one of our first churches uh, had a garden um, just out of Sacramento. Do you all know where the capital of California is? Sacramento, right there in the north about 90 miles inland from San Francisco, if you know where San Francisco is. And just a few more miles up the road from there is a church called Auburn. It's near a place that some of you heard of, it's called Weimar Institute. Have you heard of Weimar Health and Healing Institute there, where Dr. Nedley is the president? Um, So uh, Auburn Church has a community service center Uh, It's a very active community service center. Um, When I say that, I really mean that they do just so many things. In fact, the the local uh, foundation of the American Indians just gave them uh, 50,000 just two years ago uh, to build four bathrooms, full bathrooms on a trailer for homeless men. And uh, uh, they also have a program with the community where they have nurses can come in and when they visit, the public nurses visit homes with little babies and they need basins or they need bottles or they need all the other clothes for babies, they keep about $10,000 worth of 
items for babies in their cupboard and they get grants from that from different places. I think they've got about $150,000 in grants in the last five years from the local community to do all sorts of things that will be a help. At the moment, uh, they have just been given six modulars. Do you know what six modulars are? Um, and they're going to be starting uh, in about three months, a full free medical clinic, a full free dental clinic, and we're hoping to have some other uh, workshop sites, etc., right there at the church. And it's, a, it's not a large church, probably has about 200 active members, but they're very busy. Every Sabbath morning they feed the folks and then invite them to church. Every Tuesday they do the regular community services that everybody else does, and that is, of course, clothing and furniture and food and all those type of things. About three or four years ago, they decided to start a garden. They have a fairly large section by their church, and so they decided to start a garden. And they put up a fence and they went to the, the local farmers and said, do you have chicken manure, steer manure, etc." And so truckloads of that came to the church. They went to the local nurseries and they asked the local nursery, would they provide seeds and plants, which they were willing to do. And they began a garden. They fenced it off in case people came at night to, you know, reap the harvest before we were able to do that for all the people that come to the center. They serve probably 150 people at least a week. And uh, what was very interesting is one of the homeless men said, I'll be happy to stay and be the security guard for the garden. So the church put a porta potty and a tent up for him, and he stayed there all summer at the garden and protected it from uh, invaders, all right? <laughs> uh, and uh, now they're working towards having a garden year-round because they want to put in a greenhouse or a hothouse, whatever you want to call it, and uh, so that was sort of the beginning. Well, last year I decided that I would uh, find out how many churches would like a garden. So I sent an email to all the churches in the conference, in Northern California conference. There is a, probably about 75 to 80 churches out of the 150 that are in the country. There are, you know, downtown churches that obviously have no ground. They hardly have enough parking in some places. So they don't have ground for gardens. But there's probably about 80 80 churches that are in the country or in areas where there's a school and they can have gardens. So I said, if you write me a letter, I'm going to be writing a grant and I will give $1,000 per um, church to help them. And I want you to listen to this. Capital improvement. No money for uh, hiring people, it was to be a volunteer project, no money for soil, fertilizer, or seed. It must only be for sprinklers, tools, fences, you know, tool sheds, etc. Things that are going to be around for a long time because this may be a one-time grant of $1,000. Uh, some of the churches have to dig a trench around their garden and go down three feet with uh, fencing. For what? What do you think that is? 
growth gophers who would like to eat our garden. And then they have to go up about six or eight feet because of the deer, all right? So they have quite a, quite a process doing that. Well, I was fascinated. I got uh, about, uh, I'm guessing about 14 churches. Actually, I got 16 churches right in. Two of them wanted the money so that they could do landscaping out front, but that's not what it was for, all right? Uh, 14 of them said that they would. So here's just sort of a little bit about what we're doing there. All right, let me see if I can... Here we are, 2011, these were the churches that uh, uh, were involved with gardens and different ones had different goals. Now, just look at this one here, Carmichael here. Uh, it is a member of 11 churches that run the Sacramento uh, Academy, and it has 30 acres right in the middle of town. So the school's only on probably five to eight acres. So they have about 20-odd acres that's never used at all. And just a very small part of it they started. And uh, their goal was seven tons of produce for, for the summer. Uh, Auburn here, their goal was 14,000 pounds of produce. That's a lot of produce. And each city um, has uh, done different things. Now, I want to tell you, uh, those 14 churches all got their $1,000 when I got the grant. I wrote for a $15,000 grant. And you can write in for a grant if you're in the U.S., part of the North America, or in Canada too, part of the North American Division. It's, it's part of the Adventist Community Service. They will give grants for certain projects, and one of them is gardens. And you have to, you know have a grant writer, I hire a grant writer and she wrote a grant for me and it has to be officially sent to a board and then they, uh, three months later, they will give you uh, the money if they think your project is worthwhile, all right? And so uh, these are part of the 14 churches that receive grants. Some of them, of these churches, decided that they would have boxes, you know, they would have sort of stand-up gardens. They would have square boxes around. And I'll show you some of those in just a moment. Um, and so it would be easier for the children and the people. Two of them decided they would let the community would have a box each and let them do that. And I'll tell you about that experiment. But most of them decided to do it as one massive garden. I did one other thing that I thought was very important, and that was since most of them were connected to schools, I said 50% of the produce could be sold and that would be given to student aid because, as you know, it costs a lot of money to run private schools, Adventist Christian schools. And so I said, let's have 50% of the produce since the kids are often involved, the parents of the school are involved for that. And then the other 50% to either be used by the local community service center or 
It could be given to other people who are doing summer feeding or other organizations like the Salvation Army. Uh, we have a large group in Sacramento called Loaves and Fishes who feed 1,500 men every day who walk the streets of Sacramento. And so uh, we want to be able to support those groups. Now, our goal, I thought the goal for NAD was 50, but uh, Katia just showed us that it is 100 community gardens. And so we set a goal in our conference for 2012, 25 community gardens. So we're going to try and do a quarter uh, of the 100 for the... Uh, 50-odd uh, conferences that are around uh, uh, the North American division. Actually, the truth is probably most of the conferences could do 10 to 25 uh, gardens. So we could have maybe three or 400 churches doing gardens if they just went at it and really looked at it. It's not a difficult project if you, as long as you have people that are interested in doing it. Uh, these are the churches I've already got who have agreed to uh, be the next uh, 10 or so churches. So we will have the 25 churches by uh, this summer. And I'm about to write a grant so that these churches can get their $1,000 each. And... Uh, uh, some of them are, are doing a great job and they've got plenty of land to be able to do it. Uh, Ukiah here has a large academy. Uh, let me see what some of, Anderson here, it is right downtown and so they could uh, literally feed people right down. They're right next to the mall. It's one of those fortunate churches that's right next to the town mall so uh, and they have plenty of land too so they can do different things most of these don't mean a lot to you but I just want to show you uh, what uh, you can do if you get working um, Hillsburg uh, this is their garden they call theirs the terrace neighborhood community garden and they have blocked theirs off into sections so both people from the community as well as the church can have gardens. Now, I don't know how many of you know Hillsburg, what it's famous for. Do you know what it's famous for in Adventist history? Anybody know? No. Okay. It actually was, I believe, the first site for the Pacific Union College. Okay. And... Uh, they are doing a wonderful job. And I'll just show you another picture here. This is a community person with their child. Not a very good picture, but it gives you an idea of what they're doing. Uh, let me. This one here is the Auburn one. It was the first one, and you can see they've got the fence, they've got their name up, and you can see the, the real growth of their gardens. It's interesting, when the nursery came out to look at the seeds that they had given, guess what they said? God must be working with you because we've never seen such lush crops and so many, so many things happening out there. So uh, that was good. Now I'm going to show you um, this is the Sutter Hill uh, garden and this was the just the beginning at the beginning of the summer last year they were planting these and then I'm going to show you here's the result okay as the summer went on 
So you can see that folks can get very interested in the gardens, etc. They have a school there too, and uh, uh, they are able to do that. Now, this was a project that uh, Clear Lake, uh, there's an Adventist hospital at Clear Lake, and there's a school in a small Adventist church. It's a very small community. I don't know if there'd be 80 members in the church. Very small. But they wanted to put in a, a garden. And this was the beginning of them just, you know, toiling uh, the s soil. And then they started, they are going to put them in lots. And you can see they're digging out the lots to put in the good soil and the fertilizer here. And you can see here the boxes that they're getting and putting in the soil here. Um, it just shows you how that they can really uh, um, do good. And actually having boxes with full of soil and good fertilizer, actually you get better results and it's easier on the people um, because it's higher up. Yes. Yes, it could. Yes. And you can ask for more. They actually asked for 5000 and wrote their own grant. And so uh, they, and then they wanted to put in fruit trees. We're encouraging many of them now to put in fruit trees so that they can have a much longer sustaining garden. It's not just the money's going to be used one time. This is something that can go on for a long time. I was in a little church of willows. Um, last, not last Sabbath, the Sabbath before, and I would guess there wouldn't even have been 15 people at the church, and yet they had a full orchard, they have their gardens in, and they're working on their community service center there in that little town. And here's just a couple of the kids helping with the gardening. And you can see now, this just gives you an idea of the whole ground sort of that they're working on. Um, Now, <laughs> what can happen to your garden, okay? This is the Clear Lake Challenge. See what happened here? The vandals got in and pulled all the plants out, all their winter plants. They'd done their summer one, they just planted their winter one, and the vandals came in and pulled it all out. So we're... Where it's a very sad situation, but the people of the church rose to the occasion in the school and they replanted it, and there it is now. So uh, I, I believe that God will work with us if we will just, you know, work on the project. To, uh, to help answer the question, they believe that they were teenagers from the local area, and so the church school... Um, realizing police in America never do anything unless you get murdered. Basically, if it's stolen, they just say, get your insurance. Uh, so what they decided they would do is that they would write a letter uh, to all the parents saying that we're growing this garden to help the people that are um, down and out in the local area, and they were going to send it along with a loaf of whole wheat bread. So I thought that was very good. Very positive, they were going to knock on the door and present that to those folks. Okay, what are some other challenges we've confronted? All right, here's number one. If you include the community, they often want to work their garden plots on the Sabbath. Ah, so what's your answer to that? You're going to have some interesting challenges. I was going to say it's not available to work on the Sabbath. 
You got it. <laughs> yeah. You know, we need to control the situation. That is why I personally am asking my, all my churches not to have individual community plots at this time because I really believe it becomes a problem because obviously people that worship on Sunday and so forth want to work their gardens on Saturday and uh, it, it's better if we work our own gardens as a whole. So that's a, a situation that we have to have. Okay, challenge number two. If the church is given a plot of land to cultivate, how does that affect our insurance? Now, this is where some churches have said, oh, there's a neighbor that has a piece of land. We don't own the land, uh, but they have, you know, land available. How do you think that affects our insurance? No. Uh, you have to really work with the uh, risk management of the general conference on a situation like that. And it may not be able to have it, or you may have to buy insurance to cover that situation. Uh, all insurance covers your church, the church school property, the, the church and fellowship hall, etc., but it doesn't cover anything else. All right. Okay, what about the healing power of the garden? Does it grow bones? Yes. There's been numbers of university studies that show that when you work in the garden, you build the density in your bones and what? Strengthen your bones so that you don't get osteoporosis and some of the other osteo diseases. Prunes heart risk. Absolutely. Reduces, studies have shown that if you do 30 minutes of garden a day, you're going to lower your cholesterol, probably raise your HDL, you know, those heavily darlings. And then does it nurture the mind? Yes, because when you're working outside with fresh air, etc., you're going to obviously uh, do that. Weeds out diabetes? Absolutely. In a study from Alabama of 500. Uh, diabetes 2, type 2, they found that uh, 30 minutes a day they could really reduce their uh, diabetes and in fact if they kept it up on a regular basis they could go off their medication like metformin etc. Alright? And obviously it clips calories. 30 minutes of gardening is equivalent to 160 calories. Alright? So you want to write that down. So if you do an hour a day, you can reduce 360. And if you did that five days a week, you could lose a pound a week. All right. So uh, that's my little report about the gardens. Uh, any questions? Any comments? All right. Here and there. Yes. Uh, are they organic gardens? Uh, most of them are. Uh, uh, only if there was a problem would they spray, but they've avoided that because it costs money too, so because um, it's all a voluntary project. So uh, I would say, yes, they're organic gardens. Yeah, yeah, as much as possible, we want to do that. Yeah, this year, northern for trees, though, um, you might have had to spray because we, we had such a long winter that the curly leaf came on the fruit trees, but we're not up to that stage yet because our trees are just beginning. <laughs> okay, a question over here. Uh, you can't take it out of your grant. The, most grants don't allow you to pay for your grant writer out of your grant. You've got to find it from others. Um, 
if you're nice to me, I will send you a copy of the grant that I wrote uh, and then you can work on it <laughs> and apply it to your own ear. Don't just send it in as it is because they'll figure that out that you've just copied some other grant. Uh, good grant writers about $200 an hour. Um, but what I find since I, you know, last year I got $60,000 in grants, uh, I'm willing to pay, you know, $1,000 to $1,500 for a grant writer to get $60,000. I think that's well worth it. Um, but what I do, uh, which is sort of um, my tip on it is simply this. I write down everything that I know about the project um, and or have the church or the person, whatever it is that we're writing grants for. Last year we wrote grants for two thrift stores and I'll talk about them in a moment if we have time. But I, I really believe that um, if you do all your homework, a good grant writer can often do it in a couple of hours to three hours. And so um, the grant writer I work with, uh, she'll call you up and she'll just quiz you for half an hour to three quarters of an hour on the phone. And then she goes ahead and writes, and it's always really good. So I found that works well. But I'm happy to share. Um, I may even be able to get the lady from Clear Lake to uh, give you a copy of hers. I have a copy on my computer. Um, our goal was basically I was writing the grant for the whole conference so that we'd have 15 churches get $1,000 each. Yeah, that was the basic thing. Yes? The grant that I used was the North American Division Community Service Grant. And they come out three times a year, April, August, and December. Uh, they, you can't ask for more than $20,000. And I would say for most churches, 1000 to 2000 is adequate. Uh, for a garden, unless you're putting in a greenhouse like the Clear Lake one, you saw their big garden, they had room for, uh, you know, a, a winter garden, they asked for $5,000. So that would, that would really work for them. But you've got to remember you've got volunteers and volunteers, you know, sometimes don't want to work all year. Also remember that you have volunteers that actually will come from the community. Uh, a big majority of our community services, because they are in small churches, come from the community and they love working in your community services. In fact, we have one community service center that has three buildings. They have built three buildings in a town of 2,000. They serve 160 uh, people every week and the local Catholic Church gives them $150 every month to help with the food from the food bank. So uh, it's become a real major community program. So you can work with other churches and so forth, and many of them will come and help you. And I'll, if I have time on the thrift store, I'll show you how to work that too. Question back here, yes. You need to have that in probably about the 15th of February. February, yeah. No, they release it in April. You've got to give them at least six months to two months ahead. Yeah, all grants are like that. Some of them are even longer, six months. I've written grants, you know, for the, for the state, and, it, and you, you can wait months for it. Um, and doesn't guarantee you always get it either. 
Well, I'll tell you what. Here it is. R write down my email, all right? G botting, that's G B O T T I N G at N C C S D A dot com. So it's just my name at no periods or anything at NCC, that's Northern California Conference, nccsda.com. Um, don't ask a lot of questions because I get lots of emails and I don't have time to answer them. But if you just say, I would like a copy of your garden grant, I will send it to you. All right, is that fair enough? Okay, if you want to ask a lot of questions, put your phone number because I commute two hours to work and two hours home. I can talk to you on the way there and back if you have a lot of questions, if you put your cell phone in, all right? But remember, I'm on the Pacific Coast, so, uh, you know, uh, uh, don't call me in the middle of the night, all right? <laughs> I have to... My brother Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, any other questions about gardens? All right, we've got about 15 minutes. Would you like to hear about uh, um, thrift stores? All right. I know it's a little different, but I, I, I want to tell you, one of the biggest issues in the United States, at least in the last three to four years, has been the economy. Most churches struggle with church budget. Has that been true? Most of you? Particularly if you have a church school, probably 50% of your church budget goes to the school. And after you pay utilities and all the other things, you don't have a lot over to do other things. Many years ago, probably 25 years ago, I was a senior pastor of a church that you all know. If you watch 3ABN, you see Doug Batchelor on. I was the senior pastor of that church way back in the 80s, a uh, couple of pastors before Doug. And uh, one of the things was because we were a downtown church, people would walk into our church pretty regularly looking for uh, food and clothing, etc. In those days, we had a center right at the church. And we had a wonderful lady, and she had a wonderful name. Her name was Mrs. Candy, was the leader of the community services. <laughs> How would you like that name, you know? That's pretty good. I worked with a pastor once. His name was Faithful, Pastor Faithful. So that's a pretty good name, too. But anyway... Um, over the years, from that experience, I learned a number of things. We would get a lot of people coming in for community service items, uh, you know, or requesting community service outside the one day that the community service center was open. So I worked out a deal with the lady at the, ch uh, Mrs. Candy at the church, and a box, I would have her make boxes, packets of goods and cans, put them in a box, and then if people came in at other times and when it was open, I would just hand them a box. And 
and it would have just the basic things, you know, beans and corn and all that sort of, it wouldn't have fresh stuff like bread or, or, or fresh fruit or anything, but it would have packets of cereal and cans. At least people would not go hungry. Probably the only thing I would add extra is buy those little tiny can openers and put one of those in with it, all right? Because uh, many of these people are homeless people. Um, and many of these people just have no way of finding things. One of the things that I learned is that there are people coming in all the time asking for gas and they have all sorts of stories. They're on their way to Texas to bury their mother and they needed a tank full of gas or they wanted help to stay overnight. Could they stay at the church, which we don't allow? So we made a deal that we would not give anybody cash. We worked out with a local, uh, fairly cheap hotel, thrifty hotel, that we would send people to them. We'd call them up and say so-and-so was coming. And then once a month they would send us a bill um, and then we would pay them and we worked out a deal. If the person was hungry and needed a meal, we would take them to a local restaurant. There were restaurants very close to us. If they needed gas, we would take them to the gas station. Um, make it a rule that you don't give money in most cases to people. Even if they want money to pay off their electricity, we would just call up the local PG&E um, and, and, and pay the bill for them if we had money to do so. The best one that I know, just, just a little side hint here for you, the best thing that I know is in one town, all the churches have got together and they all give $100 each. So there's about 15 churches in the town. They give $1,500 and they give it to the, the police station. And when people come wanting money at the church, they say, if you're really in need, go down to the police station and they will give you the money. So that sort of cuts in half people that are hoping to get money for drugs and alcohol and all the other things that we don't want to help them with. Um, and it also stops them going from church to church and asking for money, all right? And that happens many times. Um, there's one central place. Some towns now have one central thrift store and, and center. Uh, one of our ch churches belongs to that in a town called Tracy. So there are different ways that you can work together to help people but not being abused by them. But I've come to realize that most churches don't even have the money to do that, you know, you know, to pay for the food for community, even though it's a few cents in the pounds. Um, we can get a pickup load of food from the food bank or second harvest, maybe for 50 or $60, but you've got to find the 50 or $60 to get, you know, a big pickup load of food to hand out to community services. From what kind of bank? Uh, we have food banks. There are central food banks in, in most counties in California. Uh, there are also Second Harvest. It's a big Baptist organization that will give you money. There's also federal um, uh, grants that you can get. You have to fill in information. We have one center, for example, uh, in Fortuna in the Redwoods that once a month the government sends a full 16-wheeler 
full of food, fresh food, clothing, etc. Not clothing, just food, canned goods, bread, milk, everything. They come to the parking lot of our church and 260 families line up. If you want to see a picture, I could probably show you a picture. I don't have it on a PowerPoint, but I can show you a picture of them all lined up in the parking lot. And once a month they get that. Uh, so you can ask for that. There is also WIC, uh, which is the Woman and Infant Program. I used to be on the board of the California WIC Program, and they give cheese, they give orange juice, they give milk. Uh, it's for mothers with small children. So there are just multitude of different organizations. You've got to ask around, you know, ask your local county, ask at your city hall, and you'll find there are a lot of different organizations. In fact, talking about gardens, folks, there are organizations, uh, there is, in, in a lot of counties, there is money for gardens that the county actually has allowed. So you can actually go to the city or the county and get the plants, or you can get money for it. So uh, that's why we don't give money for plants and, and uh, trees because they're available. Uh, often your electrical utility company will give trees too, mainly for shelter, but they may give you trees that are shelter and, and food, all right? So be aware of that. Also, you can make hedges of food uh, with different fruits and, and so forth. Okay, G-botting. G-B-O-T-T-I-N-G at N-C-C-S-D-A dot com, C-O-M. Okay, so we decided we'd start having thrift stores. And uh, just to give you an example, a uh, thrift store in one of the small towns, I'm guessing the town probably has three to 5,000 people in the town. And the Adventist church started a thrift store downtown of about 3,000 square feet. And uh, they have one paid manager who looks after everything, makes, makes sure that operates, works with the volunteers. And they've been running now for two years. And they have averaged in the last two years $600 profit per month after they've paid the manager, they've paid the rent on the building, paid the utilities, etc. So that's a good amount. Sometimes they get more, sometimes they get less, but they average at least $600 per month that they can use then for other projects and they can even use it to build their garden. They have a big garden as well. So they, you know, they have money to be able to do that. One of the interesting things that uh, the thrift stores can do is the other churches in town, there's probably at least half a dozen other churches, Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Catholic, etc. The people that volunteer from those churches get a coupon. And so if somebody goes to the Baptist pastor and says, I want, you know, a bed, then the volunteers from his church can give a coupon and can go down to the thrift store and get a free bed. You see how that works? So that way, the people that volunteer from other churches also get some benefits for the hours they put in that their church can be the benefit of giving to their members or to people that come to their church. And uh, it can work either way. Um, I've had thrift stores, one, one thrift store is run by the Anglicans and the Adventists volunteer and they get coupons. So it works both ways. 
Um, there's no point often having competing thrift stores if you can work something out. Um, Yeah, most of them are downtown, uh, usually looking for, a, you know, a, a, a mall that's empty and probably a third of the malls in California are now empty because of the economy. So there's plenty of warehouses and, and uh, strip malls that are available. Uh, we're just going to open one in Sacramento and one in the Bay Area uh, this year. and. Uh, uh, I believe they will even do better because they're organized by uh, larger churches than the one in Fortuna. Uh, you know, they've got a thousand members or more, so they've got more chance of getting more volunteers, plus more st stuff will come into them, and they will be able to do that. So these other churches, I mean, donate the stuff? Yeah, yeah, you can, get, you can get stuff. Stuff is not hard. It's just getting the right stuff. People will go into their closet and just dump everything in their truck and dump it. Usually you have to have big bins to get, throw out half the stuff um, or give it away or tear it up. Sometimes you can get clothing that may be stained. You can tear it up and uh, gas stations and lubricant stations like to get cloths and you can sell them in little bags um, and that works very well too. Uh, two other things that you want to know. Some of you are going to say, oh no, we don't want a thrift store. Uh, we don't have time. At least two of my thrift stores, one of them calls themselves a boutique, so that's interesting, a community service boutique. But uh, they only operate one day a week and only open for five hours. But the people in the community know that they are open just for those five hours. And one of them has done exceptionally well and probably over the last two to three years has made over $50,000 just from those five hours a week. Now, if you don't want to do that, risk management says that you can have a garage or a parking lot sale at your church once a quarter. And I have one church, a community service church, that what they have done, they have run parking lot sales, and for three Sundays they made $6,000. And they don't have to worry about property tax or worry about other so things. You said the NAD allows once a quarter? Once a quarter from the risk manager. But it must be in, you, in the church's parking lot. If you hold it in a home of, of one of the members, they're not covered. So if somebody falls over a rake and breaks their leg, uh, you're responsible as the homeowner. But if it's held at the church, then it's covered at the church. Any questions on that? Uh, the parking lot, they made 2000 a Sunday, and they ran three Sundays. And uh, people in the community will give to you. The other thing is, too, if you have a community uh, uh, center and you have a Pathfinder Club, have them go out about once a quarter and knock on doors and people will give, you know, one can per home. You can collect a lot of canned goods over, over a period. Um, that's really good if you've got a youth or a Pathfinder group, you know, working with the canned goods that can be helped and then they can help with the summer uh, produce. Um, how's, how's it getting yeah. Um, usually most churches on a fairly prominent uh, way and they just have signs up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know of any church that's actually sent out flyers or anything. I'm not aware of that. Um, most of them just, you know, word of mouth. Maybe they put it in a local rag. You know, there's the penny papers that go out and they may put it in that. But um, I don't know of any. I think just basically they have a sign up in front of their church, a banner type sign for a few weeks before saying it's coming up, you know. And if you get a good banner, you may pay $200 for a good banner, but then you just change the date on it each year and it'll last you years and years. Yeah, that works really well. Any other questions here? When they're collecting for food, what do they call it, for a food bank or for a... Uh, just, collect, just say we're collecting from the Adventist Community Service and... Uh, um, have the kids in Pathfinder uniform and have a little note that, you know, something that you give them, just a, a little sheet that says what you're doing, how many families you're feeding, what you're doing and what the food will be used for. Okay. Thank you very much for being a good audience this morning. Hope that helps you a little bit with gardens and, and thrift stores. Um, I will tell you folks, this is a lot of fun and more and more churches are starting to realize this is something that they can really work with. And because food is getting scarcer and scarcer in the U.S., having a garden at the church is a great way to bring comfort and also uh, show you're a caring church in your community. I believe that's very important. All right. This media was produced by Audioverse for the NAD Health Summit. If you would like to learn more about the NAD Health Summit, please visit www.nadhealthsummit.com or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.